Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Hello and welcome into the podcast. This is Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee, managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving Salt Lake City at their office in Sandy. We appreciate you tuning into the podcast and checking us out as we talk about the world of investing, finance, and retirement with Sean. You can also find them online at elevatemyretirement.com. That's elevatemyretirement.com. And check out the podcast and share that with friends and family and others at Retirement Elevated Podcast. Dot com. That's retirementelevatedpodcast.com. Share it on iTunes, Stitcher, and all those good kinds of things. Sean, buddy, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Happy to be here again. Absolutely. Glad to have you back here with me. And uh, you were telling me a little bit before we got this thing started that the little guy was uh, feeling a little under the weather, so I'm glad to hear he's doing better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 105 degree fevers. That's crazy. For anybody. That's yeah. that's a bit worrisome for anyone. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and when they're, when they're little like that, what is he, like six, right? Yeah, he's six. Yeah. I mean, 105 is scary for anybody, but when you're six, you just like you feel helpless as a parent. So, glad to hear that he's doing much much better there. So we'll continue to pull uh, mm-hmm. pull good thoughts for him. But listen, hey, I want to talk a little bit today. I know we only got about 15 minutes here on the podcast about things being more than just investments. There's a lot more to retirement planning, as you know, than just picking investments. And honestly, stock picking is never a good idea anyway. So let's just talk about a few things. Uh, you can give some folks some bullet points, if you will, to think about. Social Security, obviously, big deal. Not an investment per se, but what do you think here? Well, I mean, Social Security is—I get it's an entitlement. You know, it's right. it's something that that we get from the government. But what people don't realize, in some cases, that this is a benefit that you pay for. Every paycheck, you give a percentage of your paycheck to pay for FICA, and that goes to the Social Security pool, and that's what creates your benefit down the road. But if we look at Social Security, there's all this information out there right now. I mean, you can you can look at you know I call it financial marketing, and <laughs> it's it's that way in our here in my area. There's all these ideas of how to maximize Social Security and how to keep from losing tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, you hear it all over the place, and I call that financial marketing because they're really the best way to maximize Social Security. Let's be honest: work till you're 70 and then take your benefit. And okay. That's, right. That's really the simplest way to do it, and a lot of the tricks of the trade or options that were out there to use spousal benefits and file and suspend. A lot of those went away a couple of years ago. But when we look at Social Security, what I look at and what I tell people to look at, it, don't try to maximize it. Try to optimize it. Try to optimize it for your situation. And what I mean by that is take a, a mathematical approach to determine when should you start to take it. Yeah, you could take it anywhere from 62 to 70. How do you handle some of those spousal options? Are you one of the few that can still file a restricted application? Or do you just have to go under your own benefit? And then what's the taxation behind it? You know, do we push Social Security out so you can convert some of your IRA to a Roth? And so when you start to look at taxation on them on Social Security, it's how do we optimize it? And what I tell people to look at when you're building a real plan not just a social security strategy, but when you're optimizing your social security into your financial plan, look at how you can leverage the government's money to keep more of your money in your pocket. Because if we can do that inside of your plan, you're going to have much more control long-term over the total outcome of your plan. And you're going to be able to then pass more assets on to the next generation or whatever it may be. Because social security is not inheritable, but your retirement accounts are. 
Well, true. That's a good point. So a couple of good bullet points there to think about on Social Security. Now, in your area here, are you seeing much left in the way of pensions? I know all across the country, there's a little bit, you get hot spots, it almost seems like, in areas where people are still seeing more pensions and other areas where they're just completely gone. What are you seeing? And is there anything to think about when it comes to our pensions that we can cover real quick? Yeah, I mean, Utah still, we've got a big hotbed of federal government employees and we've okay, got right. state employees who have... They have a really good pension here, and the state employees run all the way down to the teachers. And so, you know, teachers, firemen, policemen, you know, just government employees, municipalities, there's a lot of state pensions still here. And then we've got some of the big companies, you know, the Boeings and the Moog, you know, Dominion Energy, they still got these pensions. So we do see pensions, but when it comes down to making a decision on on what you do from a pension standpoint, because a lot of pensions will give you options. You know, they'll right, give you right. the lump sum option or the single life option or the joint life with 50% or joint life for 100%. And all that means is if you die, how much does your spouse get? So once again, when we look at pensions, you know, there's this discussion around, you know, do we take the lump sum option or do we take the monthly? Well, when are you going to die? And that's an unknown answer. So when we look at taking the lump sum option, you have to take into account, okay, if I take this lump sum option, I have more control over my money. I may or may not get as much monthly income. Am I okay with that to take control? If you take the monthly, you're probably going to get more monthly than you would from the lump sum option, depending on where interest rates are and things like that. But then you need to determine how much do I need to protect my surviving spouse? So when you look at that, you take into account health, is there an age difference, you know, an age gap between husband and wife? What does income need look like? And then you make a determination of other income sources. You know, do we have social securities? Do we have other pensions? Do we have investable assets from a retirement perspective that can create income? So it's not as simple as saying, well, yeah, take the joint 100% or take the lump sum. And what are all these pieces in, in the puzzle? What do those look like? And then how do we bring them all together to build a plan that's going to create the cash flow that, that you want in retirement? Well, if we're talking about different kinds of categories other than just the investments, uh, your portfolio in the market, if you will, these are some of the categories we're discussing here on the podcast, Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. So rental properties, another place that is obviously you know not in the market, right? But it's still an investment. Uh, a couple of bullet points on rental properties for those who you know dare to go that route. Well, the first one, what's the income look like? Sure. You know, and a number of families that we work with that that rental income is a big component of their cash flow. And they've had the properties for a long time. They've got to a point where they're not getting a huge tax deduction anymore. So if they sold them, you know, they've got capital gains and, and, and things like that. But when I look at rental properties, I look at two things. I look at what sort of cash flow is it giving you? And how big of a headache is it? (laughs) <laughs> you know, do you, that's a big point. You know, do you want to be in the tenants and toilets indus- business? <laughs> that's a great way of putting that. Or do you want to just have other investments that just create income? Once again, rental income is tends to be on the higher side percentage-wise of cash flow. So if you sell the properties, how do you make up that uh, offset in cash flow? But when you look at rental properties, it's you know, what's the cash flow look like and how big of a headache is it? And do you enjoy doing it? Yeah, that's a huge component right there. 
That's for sure. When you're thinking about different types of aspects of your portfolio, again, it's not always just the investments. And so uh, I know we just got a few minutes left on one of the podcasts here. We try to keep these short and sweet. Um, Lifestyle. Let's just go to lifestyle. Okay, so that's not an investment, but it's something that's got to be factored into your overall plan because you want to, at least we hope, right? You want to maintain the lifestyle that you've had going into retirement through retirement, I would hope. Well, and that's a big question, right? It's like, well, do I have enough money to get through to retirement? Ma- yeah, right. And do I have enough money to enjoy the lifestyle that, that I want in retirement? And looking at, at that, there's all these different factors that come into play. You know, are you going to travel in retirement? Have you given much thought about, you know, how your time's going to be spent? Because when you retire, you gain 2,500 hours of work, working time that you didn't have before. So the average worker works 50 hours a week, 50 weeks a year. So what are you going to do with all that time mentally? So this is what I tell people to do. Now, if you think about retirement and, oh, Sean, it's a year out, it's two years out, spend a year and just act as if. Now, think about this. You got the safety net of your paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Act as if you're retired. Take the trips that you think you would take in retirement. Because at that point, you've probably got some saved up vacation and hopefully take the (laughs) trips that you feel like you're going to take in retirement. Do the things that you feel like you're going to do in retirement with the safety net of a paycheck. That will give you a good idea of how much am I going to spend? What is, What are all those things that I want to do? What do they really cost? And at that point, you can really narrow down what your expenses are going to be and really create a plan that's that's pretty close to what it's going to need to look like in retirement while you're still working. So I tell people, hey, plan as if. Plan as if you're retired with the safety net of a paycheck the year before you retire. Well, there you go. Some good points, some good things to think about when it comes to being just more than investments with our retirement plan and our retirement portfolio. Make sure you, if you reach out to uh, Sean and the team, if you got questions, you can give them a call by simply dialing 855-50-RETIRE. That's 855-50-RETIRE. If you uh, have some concerns or some things you want to talk about, and again, it's more than just the investments, so make a note of some of these things and have a conversation. Share the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iHeart, all those good places. This is Retirement Elevated, and check it out online at retirementelevatedpodcast.com. Sean, buddy, thanks for your time. Hope the little guy continues to improve, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Hey, thanks, Ben. Talk to you soon. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.